just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast with me in this edition. Ed, as he so often is, and uh, it's warming up up here, Ed. It's going to be 80 degrees today. How's it looking down in Tennessee? Well, it was 57 this morning. It's probably going to be in the 70s. We had some rough weather here over the weekend and kind of cooled things down a little bit. Um, So uh, we'll we'll be looking at 80s by the end of the week, too. But that's kind of unusual for you guys this early in May, isn't it? Yeah, it seems a little early. All this week, it's going to be 75 to 85. But you had a tornado down in Tennessee, right? Oh, yeah. They were, they were, there were watches and warnings all around. And we had some straight line winds that knocked some branches out of my maple tree out front and, uh, and really all over town. Uh, I don't think we had any tornadic activity, but we did have some straight line winds that did some damage. So, uh, you know, uh, that's early for us, too. But, I mean, weather anymore, there's no predicting it. I mean, it's going to do what it's going to do because of climate change. Well, absolutely. If you can't if you can't recognize climate change in terms of what's happening in the weather in our respective regions of the country, here in Minnesota, tornadoes were a pretty commonplace. You'd see them a lot. Not all of them were devastating, but a lot of them were bad. And now you don't see as many tornadoes as as we used to. And down in Tennessee, you rarely saw tornadoes. Now they're more commonplace down there. So obviously some kind of shift, some kind of change has occurred. Yeah, I think Tornado Alley just shifted uh, to the east a little bit. It comes up. You get the warm water coming up with the warm uh, uh, winds coming up out of the ocean, bringing moisture right over the state of Tennessee and into Kentucky and then straight on up into Pennsylvania. So that seems to be the new Tornado Alley from what I can see. Now, I remember about Minnesota in May, uh, the fishing opener was usually cold, wet, and drizzly and and sometimes even snow it was always terrible weather but it was always cold it seemed like you know it's funny i i as you know i live in a condo on a lake and i have a boat and every year i buy a fishing license and i have fishing rods and tackle and i go buy bait and all this stuff with every intention of going out fishing but when i get there i might go out i'll cast out a couple times and i'll say Fuck it. I'm just going to sleep on the bench here. And I never yeah. end up fishing. I don't think I've ever caught anything in there. Now, we've taken my grandniece and grandnephews and some other kids out on the boat. We find the spot by the weeds where all the crappies and the sunfish are, and they can catch like 30 fish, and they're having a great time doing it. But I honestly have never put in any serious time after five years here of actually fucking fishing. I'm apparently not a sportsman. Well, I mean, you and me both. I, I used to go fishing. My, my older brother is a fishing fanatic, at least he used to be. And, um, you know, I'd go along, but, you know, I just went throwing rocks in the water and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To, he used to get ticked at me because I was scaring the fish away. Yeah, you weren't working for the uh, for the goal there. You were, you, were, no. you were kind of fucking it up. You know, I wanted, I wanted to talk about... You know, this Roe v. Wade and overturning Roe v. Wade is a big thing. And I just did a TikTok and I I come to realize something. First of all, when I watch on TV, I'm constantly seeing politicians 
all the way down to the lowly, stupid-ass Trumplifux saying the same thing. Roe v. Wade was overturned. We won. You lost. Deal with it. But the fact of the matter is Roe v. Wade was not overturned. It is still the law of the land, according to the Constitution, which we know Trumplifux absolutely love. All they had was a draft to overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, right. now the Republicans may be right in the sense, well, yeah, but it'll get sent down the drafts. It'll get polished. It'll get smoothed over, but they'll still overturn Roe v. Wade. And I thought about that, and I realized, you know, these Republicans, these Trumplifucks, don't know how profoundly fucked they are in this deal. If they overturn Roe v. Wade, if they overturn it like they want, like they've been fighting for decades to do, they are going to take a constitutional right away from 51% of this country. They are going to piss off 70% of this country who support Roe v. Wade. So this is surely going to fuck them over in the midterms. They aren't going to do much at all because too many people are going to hate that this right has been taken away. People have to understand it isn't just Democrats that get abortions. It is Republicans, too. And when they're at a point where they can't do it because their own people said you're not supposed to do it, there's going to be a lot of people pissed off. But we know Republicans. We know they're unscrupulous. We know they have no integrity. What they may do is they might look, you know, we didn't know it'd be this fucked up. We could lose the midterms. So maybe we better pull back from this Roe v. Wade and the overturning of it. Maybe we shouldn't do it now. Wait till after the election, which is what I think they intended to do anyway. But let's pull back so we don't ruin the midterms. The only problem with that is, is if they decide not to overturn Roe v. Wade because of all the heat they're getting now, everything they've done to this point can't be unseen by Democrats, moderates, and even the moderate Republicans. They are not going to be in line for this. They've already seen it. Even if they pull back, they're going to see what their intentions are and what they'll probably do down the road. But more importantly, if they pull back from Roe v. Wade, guess what? The evangelicals and the Trumplifucks are going to be fucking furious, and they aren't going to vote for the Republicans. So no matter which way it goes, Republicans are fucked, and I'm here to see it. Well, I hope you're right, 100%. And the polls I've been seeing, which were showing like a, a, a Republican massacre for so long, at least that's what, uh, you know, all the pundits were telling us, suddenly have shifted. And now it's either dead even or even they're giving the edge to the Democrats in some right. places. So I do think that that is the big driving factor. Now, Mitch McConnell was just quoted uh, yesterday saying that there was a possibility or he could see a possibility that after the midterms that, and I don't understand why he came out and said this uh, unless he's trying to energize the base, but that they could overturn Roe v. Wade nationwide. See, uh, even even if the Supreme Court comes with the ruling that, that uh, they have leaked, uh, that would not overturn it nationwide. It would just turn it back to the individual states, many of whom have these trigger laws ready to go, and uh, and that would limit or eliminate abortion in, in those states. But it would still be legal in other states, New York, California, and other places for sure. Uh, so that people could still travel and get abortions. Uh, although their uh, Tennessee just passed a law. Um, 
that will not allow you to get the plan B pill by mail. They just criminalized that. Well, they just made it illegal with, a, I believe, a $50,000 fine, something, wow. some, something pretty harsh just by getting the plan B by mail. Well, you know, as well as I do, if I wanted to go out and get pretty much any illicit drug that's available anywhere, I could have it by this afternoon. Right. And, and, and I say that with absolute knowledge that that could be done. So and I've I always said play, you're well connected. <laughs> well, I, I know where the body, you know, I grew up here. Uh, the guys that used to sell the moonshine, now they sell the meth and the pills. You know, I mean, it's just one generation after the other. So I, right. I know it's available. Everybody knows it's available. And the police bust them once in a while. But it's it's still there. And, and they may even go do some time and come back and they'll do it again. You know, but it's uh, it, it, anything you want is going to be available, whether it's an abortion pill or whatever it may be. Um, it's just that, you know, there'll be a, that, uh, criminal, um, possible criminal penalty, penalty attached to it. Now, some other states are going even further. Uh, Louisiana is trying to make it homicide to use an IUD, for example, things like that. But this is all helping just what you're talking about. People look at that and they go, gee, women have been using IUDs for 50 years longer. And now right. suddenly it's homicide. That's insane. That is insane. And, and, and Republicans are using these types of things as much as Democrats. The thing is, if it's only limited to states initially, there's going to be a lot of Republicans in those states that are going to go, fuck, this isn't right. Because we up here in Minnesota, we're fine. But in Republican, yeah, they're owning the Democrats, but the Republicans are going to say, well, fuck, I got a baby now. What the fuck am I going to do? I can't, I can't do anything with it. I can't even use prophylactics before, before the event or plan B after the event. Let, 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 let me suggest something to you. You said Mitch McConnell said that after the midterms that they could make, they could overturn Roe v. Wade or make anti-abortion laws nationally. And you, right. suge and you suggested that it might be to fire up the base and that's conceivable. Let me offer one other possibility. Mitch McConnell knows they're going to back off this before the election because they think that's their only option. So they have to make these people that would be pissed off about them backing off believe that all we got to do is get the midterms and then we'll shut this thing down. That sounds like Mitch McConnell to me. Yeah, it probably does. And and it is just Machiavellian enough to be Mitch McConnell. See, the, the thing is, we're looking at about 30 percent of, of the, the voters, the population, whatever you want to say, that uh, supports both uh, uh, banning abortion and Donald Trump and any other crazy thing you can come up with about 30 percent. Right. It's the same folks, but they're vocal and uh uh, they're also well-funded, and the reason they're well-funded is that there is uh, this this subculture of Christo-fascists yeah. in the country, very wealthy people who are very very conservative religiously. Uh, uh, you know, they're not they they're very dedicated to this. Uh, right. The DeVos family is one of them. And, you know, you've got uh, Betsy DeVos uh, on one hand, who was. Uh, Piece you know, of very, shit. yeah, very much a piece of shit. Very active in relocating the uh, 
the children they separated from their parents at the border, the ones that disappeared, the ones they can't right. find. Right. Uh, I think I know where they are. Where? You know, I think. I think they're being raised by families that wanted kids. And oh, okay. if they were, if they were a certain age, they were given to them. I believe that with all the force of my being. And now we're talking about reason. Republicans though. And we're talking about Betsy DeVos. Do you really believe they were given to them or sold to them? Well, there you go. You know, there's always a profit motive involved for sure. Right. Um, we saw in Tennessee here, a judge, who was uh, diverting kids from families into uh, into the prison system, right? And these, and then they were being diverted out into into families uh, who wanted kids. So uh, yeah, this is a subculture. I mean, just remember, any time a Republican blames someone else for something, they're guilty of it. Right. If right. they talk about grooming kids for something, they're doing it. If they talk about stealing kids. They're doing it. Remember that that thirty percent. Those they're 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 very much involved, and they are guilty of whatever they're blaming on the Democrats. But the thing is, that thirty percent isn't enough to win any fucking election. The only problem we have are the like the moderates or the the the, the normal Republicans, if there's any of those left, and they just vote Republican. They don't know what the fuck's going on. They vote Republican because they've always voted Republican, and I. I don't think that's going to play that well, because I think Republicans have always done this thing. Whenever there's a big blow up, a big problem, a big scandal, they gaslight and they gaslight and eventually people forget about it. This is one topic nobody's going to forget about between now and November. This is going to be a hot button every month. And if the Democrats are smart, they're going to jump all over it. Because even if they don't overturn Roe v. Wade, they showed their hand. That's what we want to do. That's what we're going to do. And all these people that don't like it are going to be afraid. And we know that fear is a great motivator for people to get out and vote. Absolutely, it is. Uh, there's another facet, too. I mean, the rabid 30%, okay, set them over to the side. Then there's the other one, the traditional voters. And, and my family is very much uh, in, in this particular niche. Uh, I, I come from a Republican family. It comes out of the Civil War and the resentments of that. And, and that's pretty much the same for most of the families in this area. It's a heritage thing, and they will vote Republican no matter what, even though uh, on some level they have to by now realize that uh, it is against their best interest. But right. there's some sort of cognitive dis- dissonance that won't allow them to uh, uh, to admit that and to, to themselves. But where the Republicans do have, a, have stumbled on something is they have gone back to the states. And they uh, they do their gerrymandering. They do uh, their voter suppression. And this has a huge impact. And I have to fault the Democrats, too, because they only tend to spend money on races they know they can win. They don't put money into these states like Tennessee, which if with the proper money and the proper organization, we could do what Stacey Abrams did down in Georgia, pretty much flip that state. Right. We could we could do that here. We have the population in the cities, especially in Nashville and Memphis, Chattanooga, Knoxville. Uh, you have the same situation in Minnesota with Rochester and St. Cloud and so forth. You right. have these pop- population centers. And if you can trip those, you've got the state, the rural. There's not enough 
to make the difference. But you've got these people beat down after years and years and years of, of having Republican rule through gerrymandering, through voter suppression. So they've kind of given up and they're not getting the outside money and the outside help that they need. If we could, if we could turn that around, why pour money into California where you're going to win anyway? Why right. pour money into New York where you're going to win anyway? Put it where you're not going to win for a change and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. That 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 makes a lot of sense. And of course, you know, let's be honest. You can't let the Democrats off the hook here. We could have avoided this whole situation if they would have codified um, Roe v. Wade. Well, absolutely. Now, in that 50-year period, there's been plenty of times where the Democrats had enough power, enough control to do that, but they refused to do it. Either they were lazy or they they were cocky and they didn't think they have to do it. Now, Schumer wants to run and say, we're going to do the vote to try to codify this, even though it's not going to pass. And I understand why he's doing it. He's trying to force people to expose themselves on what they believe about Roe v. Wade. Now you're going to have to stipulate who you are and what you believe. And he's supposing that a lot of people are going to be uncomfortable with doing that. That doesn't mean it's going to pass. The people like Manchin and Cinema and all that shit, they don't give a fuck. Uh, but the Democrats I, could have taken care of this a long time ago, and they didn't. Yeah, and I can see one fly in the ointment for the Schumer vote, too, which which what I'm going to call it. Um, you, you were young when the civil rights, uh, you were born in 60, right? Right. So you 63 and 64, you were still a toddler and you weren't very much involved in, in politics. Well, neither was I, but look, no, actually back, 63, when I was three, I was doing a podcast <laughs> about, uh, international, uh, politics. It, it, uh, it was, it was a little simple, but you know, it was, yeah, well, considering computers hadn't been invented yet you were way ahead of your well that you know that's how i was i was yeah i was quick as a whip yeah no doubt but uh um, when uh, the civil rights legislation came up and then you know this was a people say well you know republicans had always voted you know they ended slavery they did this and so forth yes they did and i give them credit for that but along comes 63 and you got two Democratic parties. You got the Northern Democratic Party, and then you have uh, Lyndon Johnson out in Texas, the Hill Country out there. You have these pockets of of more liberal Democrats, but the Dixiecrats, uh, uh, the folks down south, they are very much against any of this kind of legislation, right? right They're just right. To- totally against it. But the genius of LBJ is he knew that he could get the Northern Republicans to vote for it because it would be a black eye for the South and, uh, and the Democrats down there. He knew he could get the liberal Democrats in the public, in, I mean, in the North, to vote for it. And, and some of the ones in the other pockets, like, uh, you know, urban Atlanta, where a lot of black folks lived, and, and um, out in Texas, where he was from. So uh, he was allowed, he was able to let Southern Democrats vote against the legislation so they could still win in their areas right. but uh but he he had the northern democrats and the republicans voting for it now uh i think that may be what happens here that if mitch and uh whoever's controlling um the senate or, or uh, rather the house allows some of their people to vote for it the republicans to vote for 
the initiative, then that that's covered for them. People like Susan Collins and, and Murkowski and the ones that are perceived to be somewhat more liberal, if they let them vote for it, then that makes it look like it was more uh, a bipartisan thing. And, and they may protect them. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But that there will be some who may be able to vote for it um, and still survive. We'll see. But the thing is, is that won't pass unless they have 60 votes, which would mean minimum of 10 Republicans. The only other option is to uh, cut out the filibuster, but we would need Cinema and Mansion to vote for that. And they've clearly said they won't. And they proved over the last two years that they won't do shit for the Democratic Party. So it's really kind of a tight situation. I, I don't there's no way it's going to pass. It is kind of, like you say, uh, they might try to save face by having some people vote for it and call it the bipartisan. But the it's when I look, people always say that they don't, they, we should get rid of the two party system. I kind of think the two party system is almost gone and it should be gone. It would more, it would more, it would be more fair for the people. I, I think in the Democratic Party, we have the radical left and we have the moderates. That's two parties. We have Republican moderates and the Republican radical right. If we split those up in four four um, parties, then people could be better uh, to go narrowly at whatever really suits them. Because now you've got liberal moderates, uh, liberal moderates that have to kind of be in line with the uh, radical or far left people, and same on the Republican side. We got Republicans voting Republicans, even though the fucking radical Republicans uh, own the party, but they don't know where else to vote, so they vote, even though they're more moderate and they don't agree with any of the shit. We need to split these things up and have four parties so people can actually belong to the party that suits them the best. Yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword, of course, because we, we had the Green Party and we had uh, the Libertarians. We have these who who uh, occasionally show up and, and make a show. I mean, what, Jesse Ventura, was he a Libertarian? What was he? I forget. I he, he, was he, had his own, he had his own party, basically. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, or he signed on to one of the French parties. But generally, you know, they always run a presidential candidate and, and so forth. But I think it really hurt um it really hurt hillary clinton because uh, there were a lot of people who for various reasons i'm including women in this who didn't care for uh, for hillary clinton and, and part of it was because of bill shenanigans and that she stayed with him after he yeah. had the affair and so forth i don't know but you had you know had the other candidates for them to vote for it and i'm aware of several people that i know who actually did vote for these other candidates. And, you know, you always had uh, Rand Paul's dad and different ones, uh, you right. know, out there who would suck off a few votes. But um, so it, it can be a double-edged sword on that. But I, I agree with you, four major parties, and then you can have all those little ones you want. Uh, but uh, you should certainly, uh, four or five, six maybe, you could make out of the current too. I'm hoping the Republican Party, as it is, is dead because they certainly have a schism going on there. You've got the Mitch McConnell faction and you've got the Trump faction. And um, a lot of people are afraid to vote against Trump or to go against him or to be perceived as against Trump, even though they hate him. 
and they wish he would just die. Right, right, exactly. Well, you know, the problem with the Republican side of things, you have the Mitch McConnell faction, as you stated, and the Donald Trump, as you stated. But which one's more evil? Which one's more corrupt? Which one is the worst between the two? They're just two different kinds of fucking evil. They're both bad. Yeah, McConnell is definitely the most uh, effective. Yeah, Um, definitely. I mean, uh, Trump didn't really... um, do much of anything. I mean, he gave rich people a tax cut and ran his mouth a lot. And that's pretty much what he did. That's exactly all he did. And, and, and that's why I'll argue with Republicans who say, well, he did so much. You're a benefit. Well, what did he fucking do? He did a tax break for rich people, gave us crumbs and then took it away from us. No, he didn't do jack shit. And everybody knows that. I think Republicans even know that. I think that was part of their plan. But still, they want to try to shove it down their throat. I just think that with what's going on with this abortion thing, this abortion question has always been huge, even when it didn't wasn't impacting an election for the Republicans to try to do what they've done in the past and try to bury it or try to gaslight over it. It's just not going to work this time. It's too fucking big. And it's affecting people of both parties every day. Uh, uh, two quick points on that. Uh, uh, first of all, Trump, he did manage to do one other thing, and that was to uh, effectively kill off half a million Americans. I won't charge him with a whole million, but uh, his reaction to uh, COVID in the beginning s- certainly spawned uh, this <laughs> den- denier, uh, this whole army of deniers who uh, um, complicated things. A lot more people died than, than would have had to. And con- continue to die um the the other um the other point was abortion uh, was not always this huge issue it didn't really become an issue until roe versus wade was enacted or or when uh, the the court came down on the side of uh, loosening the reins on on abortion then the republicans saw hey this can be a cash cow we'll leverage this let's gin up some uh uh, some outrage, and they've been doing it ever since. But the general public was, I mean, except for maybe the 30%, was kind of ho-hum about the whole thing. They really yeah. were. It didn't the, become a big thing until it was actually happened. Well, and the, and the, the other thing about it is, is you, it was when, when Donald Trump became president, because the people that were anti-abortion saw that Donald Trump could be easily manipulated. So they convinced him to go after abortion. And if you pat Donnie Trump on the head and tell him he's the greatest man alive, he will take up any position that's going to benefit him. I guarantee you Donald Trump didn't have a second thought about abortion. He may have, he may have subsidized several abortions. And I think that's probably true, but he saw a benefit by siding with these crazy left-wing radicals who want to, uh, upend Roe v. Wade. He thought, well, this is beneficial to me. I'll make some money on this deal. I'll get some votes. Whether I believe it or not doesn't matter. I'm just going to fucking jump on board and ride this thing for all it's worth. And and now we're in the thick of this because of Donald Trump. And I I just want to say one more thing. You said you only give Donald Trump credit for 500,000 deaths. I hang all 1 million on him. Because had it been handled properly in the beginning, we would have had, and a doctor who said this, we would have had maybe a hundred thousand deaths. Once he got the ball rolling, 
he didn't lose his culpability when he left office. That ball, that ball was rolling downhill out of fucking control because of what he didn't do. So as far as I'm concerned, he's responsible for all 1 million deaths. All right. We'll go with that. <laughs> I thought you um, might. See, see, I'm, I'm easy. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. okay. Okay. Trump, uh, you got all 1 million to your account. Have fun in hell. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if, if we're done with that one, I would like to, to, to move to, uh, something that, that I noticed, uh, uh, between our podcast here. Well, absolutely. And, and, and that's, and, and this is a good one. It's not only good for my standards, a lot of the people in the audience will be affected by this, so it'll be important for them to listen, and they'll like to hear this too. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back, and then we'll get into the next topic. So hold on, and we'll be right back. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are back, and our friend Ed here has dipped his toe back into uh, social media, specifically Twitter. He's writing some profound things, some insightful things. He's getting a lot more responses, a lot more followers. But he's also happening upon something kind of disturbing. So please, Ed, elaborate. Okay. A couple of days ago, um, I I don't know if you're familiar with uh, The Handmaid's Tale, the book or the the Netflix series. I'm Um, familiar with it, but I I I haven't read it or seen it. Well, I read the book and then I watched the first season of the uh, of the series, and then and then it became so brutal for me that I stopped. And that's rare; uh, yeah. it's really rare or so disturbing to me. I will go back to it at some point because it was very well done. But uh, basically, it, it it feeds into what we have going here, where there's uh, um, only certain women are fertile, and they become there's a right wing coup. And they become these handmaidens, uh, like in the Bible, where they are uh, used to have children for the infertile rich women uh, uh, that are part of this coup and so forth. Uh, that's right. the, the essential part thing of it. So um, I just off the top of my head, I put up a tweet that said, for those of you worried about the handmaid's tale coming true, just remember there had to be a plague first that, uh, that complicated everything. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems and, kind of ironic because that did all come out before the, the pandemic. Right. And and so this thing goes viral, I guess is what you call it. But I started, uh, I couldn't even use my Twitter account because it, it was just constantly uh, rolling in uh, uh, people liking this and and um, uh, following me and so forth. And it's just, it's just like, it's still going on. And uh, if uh, if anybody recognizes that and you followed me, I will follow you back. It just it won't let me do it right now. <laughs> but uh, as a subsidiary of this, I started noticing some people making this comment about, uh, well, you're a boomer, so it's part you're part of the problem. Yeah. Um, you could have codified this and so forth and so on, and blaming the boomers essentially for everything. Now, 
I did notice that uh, Twitter now tells you that if something is an automated uh, um, tweet, and almost all of them are. Uh, they're bots, other, yeah. Yeah, they're bots. Now, who's doing this? I personally think it's the Russians. I think they did all of the uh, anti-vax stuff. I think they're, they're signed on to this, and they're going to mind this. They remember they want to splinter us. They want the millennials to hate the boomers and the boomers to hate the millennials and the Xers to hate the Ys. They want us splintered as much as we can possibly be because then they swoop in with a candidate like Donald Trump and, uh, and they use that outrage to, uh, to put this guy in power. And I firmly believe that's exactly what happened. I think he was groomed for years for that. And there were probably others that we don't know about yet. He was just uh, the one that was uh, uh, properly placed at the time for them to get behind. Well, Um, if he was groomed for being president, president, they fucked up because he was an absolute waste for both sides. I mean, as much as he damaged the Democrats, ultimately he's going to damage the Republicans. He did nobody any fucking good. Uh, no, he didn't accept the Russians. Remember how he kowtowed to Putin? Everything right. well, that that's Putin true. wanted, you know, so this was, this was the deal. I mean, he pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal. He was getting ready to pull out of NATO. Uh, he, he was uh, sowing discontent with our allies. He was doing a, exactly what Putin wanted him to do. And you can see the Russian hand in so many things. Remember, uh, all of this pedophile stuff that they're trying to lay on the Democrats, which right. the Republicans are obviously guilty of. But uh, Putin came to power because you remember Boris Yeltsin? He was under he was under scrutiny for being for corruption. Right. There were a cu- couple of guys going after him. And Putin came uh, with, with the KGB and so forth. He went after these guys, accused them of being pedophiles and eventually got him locked up saved yeltsin yeltsin named him as his successor it worked for him once why wouldn't he use it again well see that's the that's the weird thing you talk about bots and you talk about russia and it really struck me strange i'm surprised people buy into it because the claims are so outrageous and so ridiculous and so based in conspiracy theories they almost remind me of those emails we all get from spam people talking about i mean i mean on instagram i don't do too much on instagram other than play my tiktoks there and i get literally hundreds of people wanting to be my friends and they are all scantily clad women who think i'm the most handsome man in the world oh well, you get those too huh? oh I thought it was fucking just me. all the time and it's just <laughs> it's, you know i just block them because they're just, just a waste of time you know, the reason I, I'm doing the Rational Boomer on TikTok in the podcast is the very thing you're talking about is about this this uh, friction between, say, boomers and millennials or uh, or Gen Zs or whatever, uh, mainly because when you look like I do and I'm walking down the street, people are going to say, the millennials will say, oh, there's a fucking boomer. He's a racist, a misogynist, an anti-Semite. He's a white supremacist. He's a selfish fuck that doesn't care about us just by virtue of the way I look. So when I started doing the TikTok and and, and the podcast under Rational Boomer, there's a contradictory term right there. Uh, It was to point out that there are some of us, not just me, some of us 
that happen to be boomers that are decent human beings. Now, the funniest thing about this idea of trying to create this friction uh, between boomers and millennials, this is what I don't get. I am a boomer. My children are millennials. So are you trying to get your kids to fight against their parents? Now, boomers will complain about millennials. I'll grant you that. But let's look at the facts here. Millennials are this. Millennials are that. Well, you motherfucking raised them. The only reason they are the way they are is because you raised the motherfuckers. And now the millennials will say, you guys are so selfish with your money. You left us nothing. And having raised millennial boys, I'm thinking to myself, seems you weren't complaining too much when we were buying $300 of plastic Batman shit. You seem to be very pleased by that. So the whole idea of millennials and, 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 and boomers fighting is ridiculous. I mean, they're parents and kids, and they both have their shortcomings. And uh, the whole idea of Russia and or Republicans trying to create that friction. I don't I don't know what they hope to accomplish that, because personally, I would hope that after this 2020 election, the millennials and the Gen Zers and even the Gen Xers get together, put somebody in the Oval Office that's younger and start focusing on their future because it's their future. It's not ours. Well, I would agree 1,000%. And, and you, you, you can't have your candidate in the presidency if you don't vote. And boomers vote more than any other group. It's just the fact of the matter. And uh, uh, But it's all this uh, generational friction has always been there. Um, I had it with my parents. Remember yeah. the phrase, don't trust anyone over 30? That yeah. was a mantra of our generation. Uh, and yet at the time, at the time, I looked at folks like Hubert Humphrey and, yes, Lyndon Johnson, who I did not like at the time. But, but that was because I was from a Republican family and he was the great Satan to the Republicans, of course. It, and he was kind same. of a thug. Let's be honest. And I he, mean, well, he, did he, a lot. Was, he was the Mitch McConnell of his day, but for the left. So right, I, give right. him, I, exactly. I give him a. Uh, I give him a pass now, but I looked at these people. I looked at what they were trying to do and I did trust them because they were, they, the, the proof is in the pudding, as they say, and their pudding was good. I looked at Richard Nixon. I saw the opposite. So that's when I became a liberal, not, uh, uh I became a liberal because, uh, I saw what people were standing for and I went with the ones that I believed in. And uh, a lot of my peers did not. They went with the Nixons. They went with the Reagans. Um, we're split down the middle. The, the boomers are, um, I don't know if the millennials are similarly split or not, but uh, certainly the boomers are. And I've been fighting this fight, and so have you, uh, since we were kids, practically. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, one of the splinters off of that uh that anti-boomer thing said, well, you guys didn't really do anything for civil rights. That was the, the greatest generation. And uh, you didn't you didn't end the war. It was people older than you. And I, and I call bullshit on that. Now, yeah. it's true. It's true to a certain extent that the, um, the civil rights movement began way back in the 50s. And uh, there were people on both sides of it. Uh, I mean, Dwight Eisenhower sent troops to Little Rock. Uh, to quell uh, uh, the the anti-racist or the racist uh, 
action going on there and so forth. But we became the troops. It was college students in the 60s who went south and became freedom riders and tried to register people and so forth. And um, I, I, uh, I graduated in 67. I was eligible for the draft. Some of my some of my peers got drafted. I went to college. I joined the army after college, and um, but but still I marched against the war. And we changed the attitude. Yes, we changed it. Yes, we ended it. It was us being out there in the streets. It was us being shot down at Kent State. That was our generation. We did that. Well, they may be trying to say, well, all the politicians were much older. They were the greatest generation. They're the ones that voted on it. They wouldn't have voted on it if the young people hadn't been in the streets. You had to have grown up in the 60s, and I was very young. But I watched all day, every day, protests, riots, people being killed, people being assassinated, a war with with a tally of how many people died every day. It was a fucked up decade. And because I was born in 1960, I didn't know any better. I thought this is just the way it is. And of course, when we got into the seventies and such, it, it was a much, it was a much different thing, but um, people do make a difference. And the only changes that have happened in this world or in this country anyway, are people stepping out of their safe places and taking a risk and pushing back and fighting back. Uh, then we got caught up in all this apathy. Well, there's nothing I can do. I'll just watch. I'll, I trust my representative, and you can't do that. We've never been able to do that. And so what I'm seeing now with this Roe v. Wade over being overturned and some of the other things and some of this incredible shit for insurrection that's going to come out in these TV hearings we might be entering into a new 1960s attitude. I think we're almost there anyway, where people are going to start protesting about everything. And it's going to be chaotic and it's going to be troublesome, but that's what it's going to take to make the fucking proper changes. And I believe the changes will be made. I, I'm 100% in agreement with you, and I, I'm excited for it, uh, that it does happen, because I do think we were lulled into a, a false sense of security. And, and one of the things that did come out of that, too, was the saying, you won't, press, you won't pass the baton, you hang on to the government. And that's, there's some truth in that. When I look at Nancy Pelosi, when I look at Dianne Feinstein on the, the, the Democratic side, when I look at uh, Mitch McConnell, when I look at Chuck Grassley, when I look at these guys who are way past their prime, uh, they should you know, certainly they used all these guys used to have proteges, people they were bringing along with them so they could step aside, go home, rest on their laurels and let them take over. Uh, I don't see that anymore. I don't see the proteges. Where are they? Oh, there we are need to start. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's you know, that that whole concept of you won't pass the baton to us. See, this is where the millennials and the Gen Zs are missing out. It's not like when you were a child sitting in the high chair where mom gives you a spoonful of applesauce or gives you a treat and you just wait for her to give it to you. Nobody is going to fucking give it to you. If you want to control this world, if you want to make a difference, you have to do what every fucking everybody else did. And that's you need to fucking take it. You need to step up. You need to vote. You need to protest. You need to grab it. That's what the hippies did and, and the college students did when 
when Vietnam was going on, they ended the war. I don't care what anybody said because of what they did. You can't sit there and wait for us to hand it to you. That's not how the system works. You got to fucking take it and move forward. And that, and that's, I think, where the problem is. I think it is, too. And, and I answered someone who said that with this statement. Rights are never given. They're always taken. And I used the example of the women getting the vote. I mean, this was uh, took half a century, uh, probably longer. I'm sure there were women who wanted the vote earlier than that. But it was a process of marching and getting arrested and being force fed and beaten and hosed down. And and, uh, it was a terrible situation. And uh, but gradually, gradually, gradually. Uh, it, it began. It began to change, and uh, and ultimately, they got the right to vote. But it was a battle. It was taken. No one gave them that. They reached out and took it, and people died. Same with the labor movement that right. we so cavalierly let go away because Ronald Reagan uh, got rid of one union, and then I, all the governments everywhere went, oh, okay, I guess we won't support unions anymore because Ronald Reagan got rid of one. And right. uh, and uh, but that was a battle that people see. That's when you know they complain about CRT <coughs> and that that sort of thing. But we don't teach real history. We don't teach the history of the labor movement that stretched for a hundred years when labor organizers were were hung, crucified, burned at the stake, uh, were vilified, were chased out of towns, tarred and feathered just for trying to form a union. And uh, and the the hoi polloi, the great unwashed, uh, could be directed against them just like they are directed against uh, anyone now who tries to do the right thing. Because they're not bright, they're not educated, and uh, it, it takes a long, long time. But rights are not given; they're taken. Now, r- rights aren't bestowed upon you by the previous generation because they know their time's up, and they want to hand it to you. Like in the situation with the Republicans, they know their time is up. The old white man's time is up. Do they just say, "Oh, okay"? Here it is. Here's the baton. No, they're fucking clawing and fighting and cheating and lying and stealing, trying to hold on to uh, hold on to their power. And it's not going to work. Eventually, it's going to be taken from them. And all they are doing is delaying the inevitable. You're you're going to get it taken away from you. If you're used to participation trophies, this is the real world. You need to fucking grab it. You need to take it. And it's not easy. Um, because people who are losing power don't want to give it away. But when they, there is a time when that needs to be taken away, but you got to be a little stronger than sitting back in your chair and go, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Give me the shit. It's never coming unless you take it. Exactly right. And let's, let's talk about the Supreme Court just for a moment here that all of these schmucks that, that they ran in there, they call themselves originalist, meaning that they only believe that if it's not written in the Constitution, it doesn't exist, which is stupid. Now, you go you, you go back and you hear the flowery words of the founding fathers that um, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Right. That's what they said. But what did they do? 
they restricted the vote to white property owning men. Right. They said, no, no, yeah, yeah, you you women, you didn't get any unalienable rights, and neither did you black people, and neither did you Native Americans. Uh, uh, it's just us. You know, that was what this country was founded on. That's originalist. White men, rich white men, property owners, everything else was taken. If you've got something and you're not a rich white man, it's because somebody in your past took the bullet for you. Oh, so exactly. You, it's it's your turn. And they want us to believe that uh, this was all based on Christianity. Bullshit. Most of those guys, those founding fathers, weren't necessarily Christian. It wasn't about religion at all. I mean, they talked about the separation of religious, uh, the religion and the state, and, and now these religious folks, these evangelicals, these fucking hypocrite pieces of shit, now they're looking to get a theocracy. And because these lower-end Republicans see some power there, they're all on board for this theocracy. A theocracy will never work in this country. We're too much of a melting pot, and there'll be nothing but fucking wars. And what causes wars more than anything? Fucking religion. Exactly. And that's why they left it out, so that we didn't... uh... Europe was bathed in blood for hundreds of years, for for centuries, because of that, these conflicting uh, uh, Protestants and Catholics, for God's sake. Uh, you know, the, the Muslims were way over somewhere there, and they were, you know, having uh, battles and, and uh, also, but it was primarily between Catholics and Protestants. And But the, the problem is in what we teach in the schools, because it's all muddled in everybody's heads. You got the pilgrims and they were religious. So yeah, the country was founded on Christianity, which is bogus because that wasn't the country. That was a bunch of radicals being thrown out of Europe. They sail over here, they make their little colonies. And then eventually a hundred years later or more, then they try to come together and form a country with all of these separate states and so forth. How do we do this? How, oh, let's leave a religion out. That'll help a lot. Yeah. And that's that's what happened. Uh, most of the founders were, if they had anything, if they weren't atheists, they were deist, meaning they believed in some sort of power in the universe. But it certainly wasn't specific, and it certainly wasn't Christian. I think people make the mistake, and they hear what I just said a couple moments ago, and they'll say, well, he's an atheist. Don't mistake that religion and God is the same thing. It is not. Religion is groups that were formed by humans that are fallible, that are tainted. They end up being run by people who want power and money. Now, I'm not saying all religions are like that or all factions of religions are like that, but a lot of them are, and we're seeing it play out right now with the evangelicals. You can believe in God, but not believe in organized religion. For me personally, it's a personal thing. I have a personal thing with God. I believe in God as much or more than anybody in the world, but I don't have to go through anybody else to talk to him. I just go direct. And funny thing is, he takes my fucking calls, and I'm content with that. But when you throw people's agendas in the mix, that's where you get the problems. That's where you get separated from God. And I got to tell you, if anybody is on the other side of God right now, it's the fucking evangelicals in every step of of the way. Oh, I I agree a thousand percent. And, uh, you know, they don't come out and say it. 
uh, very often, but because they, they want a common core, they want, they want Christians to be one lump and, and they will, in, in, uh, in the public, they'll, they'll include Catholics, they'll include Mormons, they'll include Jehovah's Witnesses. As, as long as they, they, there's a mention of Jesus in any of them, they're fine with that. You get behind closed doors, Catholics ain't going to heaven. Jehovah's Witnesses, come on. Mormons, no way. You know, I mean, they are very narrow in that, that only one small group's going, and it ain't most of the others. Yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, there's two things in the Bible. I'm not a theologian. I don't know the Bible inside and out, but there are a couple of things. First of all, one of the last times Jesus was ever in a church what did he do? He tore that fucking place apart, and he was mad at hell because of all the money changers and the hypocrites. So don't tell me he's he's sanctifying some church, because that isn't what it was about. Secondly, in the Bible, it says the only way to God is through Jesus, if you're a Christian. Now, if you're not a Christian, you don't believe that, and I'm fine with that, because it's all very personal. But in the Bible, it didn't say you have to go through Benny Hinn or a fucking minister or a pastor or anybody to get to God. See, that's the nice thing about it. In my mind, anybody can do it directly. You don't have to go through this stuff. This is just a middleman in order to grift money from you. That's my honest belief. The way I look at it is you can go to God directly through the spring, or you can go through some fucking dirty, tainted pipe in the form of a religion and get to God. And then I've I've always had this problem because I've seen this happen. We had a Catholic church and we had a Catholic priest and 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 this Catholic priest was doing some fucked up shit with the women and and doing all the stuff. And I felt bad because there was a, there was a woman there who must have been 80 years old. She's been going to this church for most of her life. And she wanted to believe she's going to heaven. She went to church every week and now she finds out this fucked up shit is going on. She's dedicated her life to this church, and this one guy fucks up. Now, how does she feel? Does she feel that she's gone the wrong way, and now she's in trouble with God? She's not, but somebody might feel that way because this dirtbag had the audacity to ruin it for everybody else. At any time you have humans in charge of something, they could potentially and more than likely will fuck it up. Always. Always. (laughs) I'm not not, going to say most of the time. I'm going to say always because there's always self-interest and uh, someone will always try to uh, uh, to turn it in their direction. Uh, Full disclosure here between, let's see, 1975 and 1980, I was an evangelical. I was very much involved. You son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I was very much involved with it. I was very much against abortion. I was very much, uh, uh, you name it, uh, an evangelical uh, talking point. I was in favor of it. And uh, uh, I'm not going to go into my what woke me up exactly, because there was a lot of things that came together to do that. Uh, but during those five years, um, I considered going to seminary. I considered uh, a lot of things, and I was in probably three different Bible studies in a week, and I led a few of them. I was a leader in my church, and uh, I walked away from it all. Uh, when at one point, uh, it, it just dawned on me one day that this is all false. I am totally, I have been totally blind. The scales have fallen away. 
and uh, I have not gone back since, and nor will I ever, uh, because I realized just what you were saying, and that is God is not in a church. Never has been, never will be. And uh, you do not need an intermediary. You do not need a priest. You do not need a preacher. You do not need a a council. You do not need anyone except you. And you, and, and I guarantee you, if you take a moment in any situation and listen to your own insides, you will know the proper way to go. You will know the truth. Yeah, and trust it. That's one thing I've always told people is, you know, your gut reaction to thing are are usually the right thing, but people screw it up because they go, oh, that can't be right. So I'm going to rethink this. I'm going to overthink this. And then they make the wrong choice. Go with what you really believe is true, whether it be religious, whether it be in life, whether it be in business, it doesn't really matter. You have an innate ability to understand what's good and what's wrong, what's true, what's a lie. Once you understand that and accept that, you're good. You've got control of everything. Exactly right. And uh, maybe that's why we're such good friends, Mike. Uh, we sense that in each other. I'm not sure. But yeah. uh, but uh, uh, we certainly agree on those things. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be interesting to see how much, you know, as much as I see this as being the end of uh, the Republican Party, this whole thing with Donald Trump and the abortion issue and all this stuff, I think the uh, the evangelicals are kind of hanging off the edge, too because they're being exposed for just how fucking dirty they are. I, I got in trouble. I have a, a a family member who is an evangelical, and he doesn't act like one. He doesn't do what he's supposed to do. It's just that's a label he and his family have on it. And you remember some of the posts I uh, put on Facebook because you were there, and, and I said the evangelicals were the enemy of this country. Yeah, And he confronted me about that. He said, you said the evangelicals were the enemies of this country. Now, I think he thought he was intimidating me and that I would say I would back off from it. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. I was drunk. I was whatever. But I said, yeah, I did say that. He says, you did say that. I go, I wrote it. Yeah, it's real easy to fucking track. And yeah, I did say that. And he said, so? I said, so what? I still stand by it. I don't care if you're evangelical. I can only go by what they do. And in my mind, that is a fucking... Uh, uh, an enemy of this country. They're doing everything they can to undermine this country. So whether you like it or not, doesn't fucking make a difference. Needless to say, we haven't talked in a while. Yeah. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, um, I'm, I'm not, you know, I will never have the answers to, to the big questions. Like if there's a God, why does he allow evil? Uh, why did God uh, uh, create Satan? knowing that he would become evil. I can't answer that any more than we can debate how how many angels dance on the head of a pen all day. And it doesn't mean anything. What I know, and this is absolutely true for me, is that evil is like a -a whack-a-mole game. You whack it, you knock it down, it pops up over here. And it's a never-ending battle. That's what life is. It's whack-a-mole. That's it. It is. And, and, you know, if you believe in evil, then you must believe in something good. You can't have one without the other. And maybe that's part of it. In order to identify good, you have to have some evil. If it was good all the time, you wouldn't know what the fuck evil was. But um, too many people overthink this. Um, I've said this a hundred times and people probably bored with it. The best quote from 
any religious leader I've ever heard was from the Dalai Lama, a Buddhist monk. And they asked him, what's your religion all about? What, what do you believe? And he said, our religion is very simple. We believe one thing. That's to be kind to one another. And now that seems like a, a, a short shrift as far as the answer. But when you think about it, if you follow that one rule, all the other rules will fall in place. All other Ten Commandments will fall in place if you follow that one rule. And unfortunately, that's not how most religions feel. Most religions these days will say, we're the chosen ones. All these other fuckers are sinners. They're going to hell, which is contrary to what the Dalai Lama says and what the, uh, what the Bible says. Absolutely. And I wish I could be the Dalai Lama. I mean, I wish I could be that that connected and and to and that I could follow that to shoo away the mosquito and not slap it and, and so forth. But I also believe that there is evil in the world. And just like in the whack-a-mole game, you're not going to win unless you got the hammer and you're not afraid to use it. And uh, sometimes you have to do that. Um, I think we are we are put in charge of this world by whoever and uh be kind sometimes also means that you have to take the bully down um, right and, right and and, uh, and uh, you have to be prepared to do that well and, and and i think for all intents and purposes this is almost like a big test are you getting good enough to make it through are you good enough to win this situation i mean when you look at our country right now it seems like Evil is at its highest point ever in this country. I mean, it seems like a high percentage of people have evil thoughts. Whether they realize they're evil or not, what they're doing is evil. This whole abortion thing, this whole idea of stealing elections, this whole idea of, uh, of trying to overthrow the government. There's no other way to look at it than that that shit is fucking evil. No, I agree. And uh, I, I personally don't think very many people... Um, if any at all ever think that what they're doing is evil. Uh, I think they think, oh, I'm doing good, even though it may, uh, it may result in the death of many, 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 many people. Now, it's hard to say, look at Putin and say uh, he thinks he's doing good. Um, I don't know that he does. I think there are, there are psychopaths no matter where you are. I don't think... Vladimir Putin's dumb enough to think what he's doing is doing good. I think he's doing what narcissists do, whatever whatever is expeditious to further your agenda and make you look good. That's what he's doing. That's what Donald Trump is doing. I mean, with all these things, like I said about abortion, I bet he didn't give abortion a second thought. I bet he, he subsidized some abortions. But what he saw he could benefit from it, he jumped on board and started screaming from the rooftops that, yeah, we should overturn Roe v. Wade because he thought it was going to benefit him. Exactly. We know for a fact that he, he gave an interview where he talked about uh, Marla Maples when she became uh, pregnant with uh, the baby that would eventually become Tiffany. Yeah. His first reaction, you're pregnant. What are we going to do about this? Yeah. And uh, she she said, well, I want to have the kid. And he said, well, do you want to get married? You know, I mean, uh, at that point, but he was perfectly willing to go with an abortion at that point, obviously, and he's probably paid for a lot more. There's no question about it. I mean, he's all about uh, about uh, um, benefiting himself, and it, if it was inconvenient to have a child, 
with a woman he had sex with, whether it be a hooker, a porn star, a socialite, or whoever the fuck it was, or maybe somebody who raped. And I'm sure he was pro-abortion then. I'm sure he paid for abortions because he didn't really care about other people. All he cares about is his own perception by the people in the public and by whatever's convenient for him. And to think otherwise, you're fooling yourself. The evangelicals thinking that he's their savior for uh, over, overturning Roe v. Wade, he might be able to accomplish that, but but he's not your fucking friend if you truly believe uh, that that's what you want. Uh, but to me, Donald Trump to evangelicals was just a means to an end, and they didn't care what the fuck he did as long as he gave them what they wanted. No, and and he when um, when he found out that they had pretty much elevated him, and and I don't know who convinced them to do that, but uh, some somebody went to these evangelical leaders and said, uh, "This guy, this guy will get you what you want because he will do exactly what we tell him to do." Uh, and who knows? Maybe I know that, uh, for example. Uh, um, um, Graham, uh, Frank, I call him Franken Graham because he's a monster, but, uh, uh, yeah, well, no, yeah. Oh, Frank, you're Franklin Graham. Billy's yes. kid. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Putin fan. He went to, he went to Russia to, to, to interact with Putin and sees him. Uh, he see, he seems to think that Putin is Russian Orthodox and therefore Christian and, and, uh, brought the hammer down on gay people in Russia and so forth. So he's an ally. All of that, these, these, uh, evangelicals very much tied into Putin. So I imagine that he was the one doing the whispering here that Donald Trump is your candidate. And, uh, they were willing to throw out everything else about him. Uh, the womanizing, the, the failed businesses, the, the obvious, uh, vileness of everything he's ever had ever touched and suddenly declare him this, this evangelical figure when he'd never set foot in a church. Uh, of his own accord in his entire life, uh, didn't know, uh, remember two Corinthians. Uh, he had no, uh, no, uh, um, not, not expertise. He just had no knowledge of the Bible, period. Yeah. Um, he, he's using, they, he's using religion as a, uh, a tool for his agenda. There's no question about that. And I have to wonder about the Republicans in the eighties during, during, uh, Ronald Reagan's reign. Republicans hated Russians. They were the fucking evil empire. Now yep. they're buddies with them because they think they might be of help to them. That 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 shows a lot of credibility loss in the Republican Party since 1980. Well, they will they will do what their leaders tell them to do because they have this uh, this idea the man of God. There's no such thing. Um, yeah, but they are given that title that they are somehow. Um, better than the, the uh, their followers that, that that god smiles on them that they are um someone that, that that god likes and wants to elevate and and is doing his work they're just charlatans every one of them i'm sorry and i don't exempt very many um certainly not on the national scene certainly not the uh, the evangelist who uh uh, are obviously, you know, who have six jets and live in two mansions and, and so forth. I mean, uh, it, it, it really, it really says to me that these people have no intellectual life at all. 
Right. Well, I, I sometimes I think I miss my calling, and maybe you did too. Uh, given our experience in talking to the public, whether it be on radio or in person, and knowing how gullible some of these people are, I fucking should have started a cult like, uh, like uh, what's his name with uh, the Scientologist. He just made some shit up and said it with authority, and fucking people believed it because they it felt good to them. And these people end up being multimillionaires, billionaires, and shit. Uh, it, it's not hard to become a cult member. The only thing is, is once you become the cult, cult leader, you get caught up in the power and you always take it too far. Uh, yeah. And then you'll notice, too, that most of these uh, these quote evangelists or rather these quote evangelists uh, are non-denominational. They're yeah. outside there. They're not in any sort of an, uh, an organization that can uh, uh, look over what they're doing and say, this is good. They, they're on their own. They create their own uh, little uh, spur religion. Uh, and uh, we see them fall. We see the Jim and Tammies. We see the uh, uh, all of these guys falling eventually because, as you say, uh, with, with uh, absolute authority <laughs> uh, or absolute power, is is eventually going to be abused and you're eventually going to want to get the things that deep down you want and mostly they're more money more power more sex whatever you can possibly come up with and 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 ultimately you're going to fail you're going to be found out you're going to be exposed and you're going to fail there's just no fucking question about it well we're running out of time actually we're over time but that's okay my podcast, we want to run longer. We fucking run longer. We want to run shorter. We run shorter. But I appreciate you stopping in, Ed, and uh, opening our eyes to something other than the shit I come up with out of my mouth. It's always nice to hear somebody else's point of view. The fact that we're on the same same page is fine, but we both have some different perspectives. Indeed, we do. And we learn more about each other, I think, as we go along, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. If you have questions, comments, complaints, recipes, jokes, I don't give a fuck what it is. Just send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. If you have a question for Ed, by all means, send that. Uh, if you want to leave a voicemail, just go to anchor.fm, find the Rational Boomer podcast, and uh, you can leave a voicemail message there. So you have a great day. And uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.